Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Hey! Now arriving, the Let's Talk Train Show. All Okay, guys, I hope I'm on the air. Somebody needs to give me some feedback. Let's see, we'll get we'll get Chris Ginsler on the line here. Hello, Chris. All right, how are you doing? Yeah, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Chris, can. Oh, okay, Chris. Chris, oh, what a nightmare the current Blog Talk Radio uh, studio is. But first, before we get into you, hang with me. Uh, we got a train pass in the Saginaw Depot right now, 24 hours of Saginaw. It's Amtrak. We got uh, oh, I'd say about 30 people out there. They're waving. They're taking pictures. This is the Heartland Flyer coming from Oklahoma City into Fort Worth. The, they're laying on the horn thick because the engineer on this train is Ed Novak, and Ed Novak is a friend of our group, and he's actually going to be out here at Saginaw as soon as he drops his train off in Fort Worth. So. We got a friend on Amtrak today. And, uh, Chris, again, if you hold on just a minute, let me properly open up the show because this Blog Talk Radio studio was a nightmare. Hey, everybody, this yeah. is Nick Waters, Blog Talk, uh, I mean, uh, Let's Talk Trains. Uh, welcome to 24 Hours in Saginaw 2016. We're a train-watching event here in Saginaw, Texas, at the depot where we watch trains for 24 hours. And let me tell you, this year already we're not getting a very good start. The train count right now is only 12, when normally at this time we're in the 20-somethings uh, of the train count. And I just found out from a BNSF dispatcher that our low count for trains this year is attributed to the flooding going on in the Houston area right now. All the trains are just shut down down there due to flooding, and they're just not getting up north, and I don't know what's happening up north coming south. But Amtrak was on time. Amtrak was on time yesterday. Amtrak just... Past the depot on time. Actually, I think they're early. And uh, we are at 12 trains. That does include a couple of the switching operations coming by the station 
uh, a second time or two, So, but we'll take the trade. All right, so without further ado, uh, our longtime favorite call-in, uh, sometimes host, uh, the highest mileage collector of, of passion to rails anywhere in the world, the amazing Chris Ginsler. What's going on, Chris? Hey, how you doing, Skip? We're out right now. A cab is on on the Sunset route taking pictures today. Our oh, count cool. has been four. They're doing track work. They've only got one main going through the San Timiteo Canyon. But we've had some nice-looking UP trains. We got, we're got we right at the spot where they load the gravel train here. And I can see the gravel loading device off to the right here, which is pretty cool. Cool. And the rail um, mileage is 1,458,600 and about 33.8, if I, my memory serves me right. Well, I'm, and of I'm course, sure you I'm, have a... Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. And then, too, I'm going to be doing the race train again this year to Sears Point for the races with Bart and Sarah Jennings. And then I'll take off for that trip to Colorado for our wonderful National Railroad Historical Society convention. Yay. All right, so I want to ask you about your, your, your mileage count. I know when I learned about you, you hadn't reached the one million mile mark yet. I, you might have been in the six or 700,000, maybe even eight or nine. But, um, but then you had your big celebration in La Plata for your for your one million mm-hmm. mile, and and you rode the train, and you had on your favorite hockey jersey, and it was a big to do. So you're about to hit your mm-hmm. one point five million mark. What are you going to do to celebrate that? Uh, we haven't decided yet. It depends when it happens, and Steve and I are talking about where we're going to do it at. Um, La Plata could be a possibility, but. You know, it depends. I'm still working too, so I got to take that into consideration. Plus, we still got forty-two thousand, well, forty-one more thousand miles basically to get. So that's going to take me probably another year to do. So it'll be sometime next year, I would think. Okay. Because I'm not taking the train to the convention, so that's cutting down some miles there. And of course, yeah. I'm not going to get too many miles at the convention, so. Yeah, yeah. But uh, so that's okay. Speaking of the convention, uh, pretty yeah. exciting lineup. A lot of it is public stuff. There's not a lot of rare mileage stuff, but uh, but the we are sold out on the Royal Gorge uh, uh, trip, and um, we're sold out on the um, the LRV bus trip. Although that's super affordable. I mean, I mean the LRV train, the light rail. Uh, tour, mm-hmm. and then uh, we're sold out on the the, the Cheyenne A forty four train, not to ride it, to chase it. That, that's a small bus. I don't know. Are you on that chase deal? You're probably not. No. You probably do your own chasing. Yeah. No, I'm going to be heading down that day to New Mexico to shoot semi fours in the Southwest Chief going by them. Mm-hmm. Well, that's now that's a fun trip unto itself. Uh, I've done that a, a few times myself, and. Uh, we've gotten about Waltrus and and uh, Las Vegas yeah. and you know uh, there's God I forget the name but there's there's a, a part south of Las Vegas where you can get up into the mountainous area and catch some great shots with uh, uh, that peak in the background the Dead Man's oh, Peak Starvation or, Peak yeah Starvation Peak yeah I just you know I heard the story about that and uh, apparently the the French colonists or were they the Spaniards. 
the Indians ran them up on the top of that peak and just kept that mountain surrounded, and they starved to death. Starved them out. <laughs> yep. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, some good right, history. Um, we we heard from Ed Dickens the UP steam trip at 844 is definitely going to be uh, ready to roll and pull the Cheyenne Frontiers Day train that Saturday of the convention week. So anybody wanting to, to see some live steam and do a little chasing, um, there's that, of course, on that day, the convention trip is to the Leadville train, and we got a little bit of rare mileage on that. We're going to go the normal route and then the extra six miles to Climax, Colorado. Of course, some of the rail fans might have one of those when we reach that point, but it's it's an extra rare mileage you don't normally get, you can't normally buy, so it's definitely a trip to be on, and I don't think we're sold out on that one. And let me give you a hot tip, uh, Chris, if you're interested. We have cab rides available for the um, the Georgetown Loop and the Leadville train and at the Colorado Room Museum. And normally we do a raffle, but this year it's going to be by auction, like silent auction. So any of our listeners mm-hmm. out there, if you're attending the convention, here's a heads up. When you get to the registration room, there's going to be some silent auctions for cab rides. And if you ever wanted to be in a narrow-gauge steam locomotive cab at the Colorado Road Museum, put in your bid. If you ever wanted to ride the Georgetown Loop in the cab of the locomotive, put in your bid. And if you want to be on the Leadville train, it's a diesel, but you want to ride high up in the mountains in a cab of a locomotive, put in your bid. You could buy yourself a cab ride, and we have several. Yeah, that available. diesel used to be that diesel used to be on the Placer City operation in California. Oh yeah, cool. All right, mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Cool. It's a per- pretty little historic engine. Yeah. Okay. So, and then we mm-hmm. also uh, your ticket normally gets you a ride on the regular train, but they're going to put a caboose on this train, and I understand that's not so rare, but. Uh, what's what's going to be rare on that day is you can't walk between the caboose and the rest of the train like the rest of the train, and so that'll be a, a, another premium opportunity if you're a caboose rider and you want to ride in the cupola and hang out in the caboose. So look for that, too. So so let me tell you what yeah. else is going on, Chris. In the NRHS world of conventions, we're looking at Nashville for 2017, and okay. um, we're, we're still trying to pick a hotel, but some of the activities we're looking at, uh, we've already talked to Tennessee Central, and they have a real large uh, capacity train that can hold everyone, and that'll be our Saturday trip once we iron down the dates of the week. And we're uh, we're it's going to be uh, I don't know the route; it's either northbound or southbound. I think it's towards Monterey, whichever way that goes. It's east. We're, we're going oh, east. Okay, we're going east to I don't know that there's one town we're going to get off and do a run by and allow you to shop a little bit. And then we're going to get back on the train and go to Watertown. And at Watertown, apparently, I think is where maybe the locomotive facilities are. And we'll get off, and you'll have get a chance to tour the uh, locomotive facilities, which is also where they service the Music City Star. And uh, and then mm-hmm. another run by. And so it will be a full day of, of riding trains and getting off and run bys and stuff like that. So that'll be good. We talked about going to Monterey, but apparently it's an all-day trip, and um, yeah, well, we, won't have, we won't have time to do that one. Uh, and, and then the other areas we're looking at for Nashville, and none of this is, is confirmed or hardline, but um, um, Bowling Green Railroad Museum in Kentucky, 
maybe the uh, Kentucky River Museum up in New Haven, if 152 is running. Um, uh, we may go down to Chattanooga to the TVRM, ride 4501. That's just an idea. And then uh, just yesterday I talked to Dave Barty, who used to work uh, on that steam train over in Knoxville. And he says they, are, they, they have four steam locomotives, and they're currently restoring 440F-SAP uh, locomotive. It used to be the Texas II down at Stone Mountain. And if it's running by the convention time, then that may be a new steamer that we'll get to experience, and we might get a double header out of there. Now, now this is all table talk. These are all ideas, and uh, but that's mm-hmm. some of the excitement that's coming up in 2017. And then, yeah, and okay. then um, for 2018, we're shopping areas in the West, and the only clue I'm going to give you right now is 2926 might be involved. Um, and then on 2019, we're going to Utah to celebrate the uh, driving of the Golden Spike, and uh, and I think we may have a joint. We're talking about having a joint convention with the RLHNS. So 2019 will be a really big year to attend the NRHS convention. And uh, speaking of 2926, you know, Chris, I hear that engine's supposed to be finally done by next year and running. But uh, uh-huh. I heard. Tell me about this rumor. I heard an announcement here a few days ago that BNSF has now declared no steam on BNSF lines. What do you know about that? That's wrong because the nickel plate 765 is going to Galesburg. On the BNSF. Okay, Skip. Yes, it is. Okay, you I want to let you go. I got I got a train coming. I'll talk to you later. Okay. Have a good right, show. Chris, take care. Take care. All right. Thank you, sir. Bye-bye. All right, bye-bye. All right, that was the amazing Chris Gensler, and he had to go real quick to chase a train, and that's what we're doing here in Saginaw, Texas. Well, we're not chasing trains. We're watching trains at 24 Hours at Saginaw. This is our annual event here in Saginaw, Texas, and uh, you know what? Let me break to a commercial real quick and come back, and I'll tell you all about 24 Hours at Saginaw. Be right back. Join us and help us make the American Passenger Rail Heritage Foundation better than ever. Your membership will help us further enhance our exhibits and attractions in north-central Missouri, including the Let's Talk Train Show. Our goal is to set up a museum dedicated to passenger rail history, including Amtrak, located in La Plata, Missouri. Memberships and contributions from friends like you will help us achieve this goal. For more information about the American Passenger Rail Heritage Foundation, membership, and opportunities available, visit our website, www.aprhf.org. All right, and I I guess we're back. I guess that was the end of, it was the end of that. Uh, that was the end of that commercial. All right. I'm your host, Skip Waters, here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, specifically Saginaw, Texas, which is a small community directly north of, of Fort Worth, Texas. We're we're located just north of Loop 820, if you know the area, uh, up Saginaw Boulevard, which is Main Street. And uh, I hear another train coming. And what we're doing is we are watching trains here uh, for a 24-hour period, and our event is known as 24 Hours at Saginaw. And uh, how this event came about is 
uh, 11 years ago, some rail buddies of mine, we were attending the uh, Lone Star Railroadiana show, uh, which was at that time held every year this weekend and uh, on a Sunday. And uh, afterwards, you know, we after we got our timetables and our goodies and things of that nature, we we decided to, where can we go to look at our stuff? And, and Saginaw has always been known as a great place to come watch trains uh, individually and with some friends. So we came up here to Saginaw that evening, sat around, and we just dreamed up the idea, you know, it's so much fun to watch trains here. Wouldn't it be nice to have our friends show up on a designated time and watch trains? And then uh, at that time, uh, some rail fans around the nation would, uh, on their rail fan uh, trips of watching trains, they would go stake out a, a location. You've probably done this before, and would watch trains for 24 hours, meaning they're going to take a sampling of the traffic for 24 hours and log every train. So, uh, using that measurement of time, uh, we said, let's have our own 24 hour watching event at Saginaw, Texas. And there was born 24 Hours at Saginaw. So uh, our first year was a, a bang-up year. The first year we recorded 75 trains that passed Interlocker here in Saginaw. And we thought that was stupendous. And to this date, that is the record of train watching. The next year, in 2007, we recorded 58 trains. In 2008, we dropped to 48 trains. Then in 2009, we recorded 58 trains again. In 2010, 59 trains. In 2011, 49 trains. In 2012, 47 trains, and that has been our lowest recording to date. In 2013, 56 trains. 2014, uh, 51 trains. And last year, we recorded 48 trains. So, even though it is said that up to 60 trains pass Saginaw Depot per day, uh, it looks like the high 40s uh, to 50s has been our average. So I would say 50, 55, 53 trains is our average, and uh, with the high being 75 on the first year, which was pretty exciting. Well, this year is a different story. Our train count right now is only – 12, although Amtrak went by, that'd make it 13. I just heard another one go by. So we're probably up to 14 trains. And and that's okay about now, but last night we had no trains past the, the interlocker starting at our event at 7 o'clock. And then we didn't get our second train until about 1230 at night. And everybody around here is like, what is going on? Where are the trains? And uh, we started calling around to our BNSF dispatcher friends, and and we started looking up uh, the tra- what's on the traffic on that. Uh, you know, some of you rail fans have, uh, or you can. Uh, I'm going blank. You can you can call up the signals and all that stuff, and you can see what's on the line. Is if you were a dispatcher, but it's it's really a hobby thing. Anyway, uh, one of our guys pulled that up. There was only four trains on the line between here and Oklahoma City and down Houston Way, and uh, or at least that was scheduled to pass this way. And two of them were stuck in the yard here in Saginaw, so there was just no trains. Now, so, so some of the indicators that we've noticed this year is, well, number one, down here in the Saginaw North Yard, uh, there's a parking lot of power. 
If you drive over the 820 interstate and just look off to the south, you'll see at least two long lines of BNSF power. That's locomotives just all parked. And when I say long lines, I'm talking each one has like maybe 50 locomotives in the line. And then if y'all are paying attention to the news, you're hearing BNSF management has done a recent reorganization and they let go, they laid off a bunch of management types and then other railroads, Union Pacific and BNSF are also laying off uh, conductors and locomotive engineers and seeing all those locomotives parked here in the North Yard uh, is testament to uh, businesses must be down on the railroads and the economy must be starting to take a turn south. And if you pay attention to economics, I've always heard the way the railroad business goes is the way the economy goes. Now, right now, the economy is actually doing okay. You probably have a good job and uh, you see help wanted signs everywhere, and, and that's probably a result of the railroads having good business in the last five years. But in the last year, we're starting to hear layoffs. Down here in, in the southwest area, a lot of the uh, oil companies, you imagine, with cheap gas has gone out of business and laying off a bunch of workers, which is less demand on uh, their product, which the railway, railways haul. And then uh, I don't know what other economic indicators are telling the railways, but they're parking locomotives, so we're not we're not moving freight. We're not adding to the economy. So if if you're a, a, a if you like to pay attention to where the economy is going, what kind of effect? What kind of trickle effect is this going to have down the road if there's no freight moving now? Which means products are not getting to the warehouses. Which means products pretty soon are going to be more scarce on the store shelf. Which which means uh, we're going to start to uh, uh, not be able to, to afford things. Prices are going to go up. Gas is actually starting to go up, and um, and then and then we got people losing their jobs in the railroad community and, and other areas like oil, gas. Um, they're going to start looking for business. So the economy might get bad here coming up in the next year. So no, look, look, I'm no expert. I'm just telling you what I know and what I see. But uh, the railroads are a good indicator of what's going to happen in our future. So, um, all right, so back to train watching, though. So all those locomotives are parked. That means they're not pulling trains. That means they're not coming by here. So that's one one problem this year. Uh, another problem, it is Memorial Day weekend. Probably a lot of guys have maybe uh, have taken off, less demand for train traffic on the holiday. That has always been an issue. And then in speaking to um, Steve Graham, our, one of our BNSF friends, uh, he said the real problem is down in Houston. They've had a lot of rain recently. As a matter of fact, as, as little as just in the last 24 hours, uh, they've had a lot of rain down there, or, or they're having a rain event, as they call it, and uh, trains are stuck. Trains are not moving. Uh, you know, electro, electric motors or trucks can't, can't roll in the water. That's what's so fantastic about a steam locomotive. It can it can run in high water, but not not diesel electric locomotives. They can't run. So the trains are stuck in South Texas. So somebody needs to open the floodgates, hint hint, and let these trains out so we can have some up here in the in the Saginaw area. So again, our train count we're at twelve. Oh, I'm sorry. I think we're at fourteen. Hopefully, the train count guy will call into the show and tell us what the latest train count is. 
So um, I'll go on with 24-hour Saginaw, uh, what we do here. Uh, but I want to invite you to call in. If you're listening to this show live, uh, as they say, the lines are open. The call-in number is 646-716-7106. That is area code 646-716-7106. If you want to call in now and uh, tell us what's going on in your world, what trains have you seen lately, what train trips are you planning on going, uh, if you want to talk about 24-hour Saginaw, we can do that. If you want to talk about anything else, as a matter of fact, I I mentioned to Chris the news or the rumor that BNSF has declared no steam on BNSF line. Now, you already know that UP has a general practice of no foreign steam, meaning they won't run anybody else's locomotive except their own, which is I'm okay with. Oh, I hear a train going by the, the interlocker. So that'd be what? Train number 15 here at 24-hour Saginaw. So it looks like the trains are starting to pick up. Yep, they're getting excited. They're out there shooting. I see them, I see them taking pictures. Yeah, I hear the train clank and clank. We got three diamonds here at the interlocker. We got two, uh, two railway BNSF lines and one UP line. Uh, the BNSF line is the Wichita Falls sub. This is the former Fort Worth and Denver main line from Texland, Texline, Oklahoma to Houston. This BNSF main uh, is BNSF Maine's coal corridor for traffic out of the Powder River Basin mines. Uh, I'm sorry, and mines in Colorado to destinations in Texas and Louisiana. This line sees about 10 trains per day crossing the interlocker, including coal trains, manifests, freights, and numerous yard and industry jobs. Uh, north of CP11, the line also sees numerous intermodal trains as well as a couple of additional manifest freights. These trains diverge off the line at CP11 to take the Trinity connection to head to North Alliance Yard and, or uh, south down to Fort Worth Sub to Saginaw. Uh, <clears throat> in addition to BNSF traffic, U- Union Pacific has tracked his rights over the Fort Worth and Wichita Falls subs. No UP trains are currently scheduled to run via Fort Worth sub to Oklahoma, but a couple of trains still run on the Wichita Falls trains, uh, which is local Fort Worth to Wichita Falls train. Runs on a tri-weekly basis. Grain trains are run as uh, necessary. The Saginaw, uh, speaking of the interlocker, the Saginaw interlocker is the former site of Tower 29, which controlled two crossings of three busy rail lines that converge at this location. Uh, again, BNSS Fort Worth Sub, BNSS Wichita Falls Sub. Fort Worth Sub extends from Gainesville, Texas to Temple, Texas. It acts as a funnel for traffic from the Midwest and planes to the Gulf Coast of Mexico. This line sees numerous trains throughout the day. The daily average is between 20 to 30 trains, which includes grain, coal trains, manifest freights, even road railers, to name a few. Although we don't have the road railers anymore, so this is an old text. They stopped running that. Uh, Amtrak, Amtrak's Heartland Flyer runs over the Fort Worth sub during its journey from Oklahoma City to Fort Worth every day, and we just had, had Heartland Flyer come through when he opened the show. The line is dispatched through uh, CTC from BNSS Network Operations Center in Fort Worth. 
And the final player at the interlocker is UP's Duncan Sub, which is a former Rock Island mainline from Harrington, Kansas, to Houston, Texas. This is the main route for grain traffic from central Oklahoma in Kansas to the Gulf Coast and Mexico. This line also sees many rock trains coming out of the quarries near Chico, Texas, and heading to destinations in Texas and Louisiana. In addition, a pair of manifest freights make a daily appearance. On busy days, UP can run 10 to 15 trains throughout Saginaw. The line is dispatched using automatic block signals and track warrant controls from the Harriman Dispatch Center in Omaha, Nebraska. Now, uh, so that's the, the rail traffic scene here uh, in Saginaw, and uh, it, it is pretty pretty active. The uh, depot that we host our event in is a formal, former Houston and Texas Central Depot from Coffey, Texas, and it was moved here in 2000. The, I don't know what happened to the original Saginaw Depot that was here, which I think was Rock Island Heritage. Uh, I'm not sure when that was either dismantled or moved or, or what happened to it. But the Coffey Depot, which is um, and actually a Southern Pacific heritage, Houston, Texas Central being the original line, um, was moved up to Fort Worth to be a bank uh, in North Fort Worth, and uh, it was restored as a bank, and they, had a, they put a big boardroom in here, and they, they modernized the uh, inside and had three offices and uh, – Boy, it was a, it was a nice bank. Oh, oh, we got a caller. It's calling in. Here, let me let me uh let me get this caller on the line. I'll come back to my story. Let's see who we got here. <clears throat> Hello, you're live on Let's Talk Trains. What's your name? Where are you from? My name's Tom Marsh, and I'm from Houston, Texas. Yay, Tom! Thanks for calling in. Hey, Tom, can I take a quick break and then uh, let's spend some time with you? Can we do that? Yeah, that's fine, because right now it's time to watch some trains, and one just appeared. Okay. Well, I'll be right back in about 38 seconds, okay? This is the Association of American Railroads Audio Service with a report on the way the nation's freight railroads are building for the future. As the economy grows, so does the need to move raw materials, industrial products, and consumer goods. The vital link in that chain is provided by the nation's freight railroads and they've taken a look ahead and determined they need to invest more than $160 billion over the next 20 years to carry their share of the load. That's in addition to the more than $200 billion it will cost to maintain the system. The good news is that railroads are already investing record sums, more than $6.6 billion, or almost 20% of revenues in 1999. That's a higher percentage of revenues put into capital improvements, than any other industry in America. Railroad officials think they'll be able to increase those investments thanks to the Staggers Rail Act of 1980, which freed them to compete in the market against each other and against trucks and barges. They say that law has already resulted in improved productivity, lower prices to customers, and more investment. Building on that, railroads are confident they will be able to keep up with the economy's need for even more freight transportation in the future. For the Association of American Railroads, this is Tom White in Washington. Only Donner Rails brings you exclusive railroad action entertainment, giving viewers the best seat in the house as they ride with crews of expedited freight trains over the Sierra Nevada. Check out some of our hot new titles on DVD, like Cab Ride Over Donner Pass. 
Asker 97, stop and stretch. See how train concepts are constructed in the famed Roseville Rail Yard. Then climb aboard an EMD SD-60 freight heading east over the mighty Sierra Nevada. When severe winter storms hit the Sierra Nevada's dumping up to 35 feet of snow, look out. Here comes the flanger. Every time you go up and you're on that flanger and you can't see the end of the engine, it will raise the hair on the back of your neck. Catch a ride with the Flanders Night Crew in Winter Rails Over Donner. See many other titles by visiting our website at www.donnerrails.com. All right, welcome back to Let's Talk Trains. We're here in Saginaw, Texas at 24 Hours in Saginaw. And on the line, we have our good friend Tom Marsh from Houston. He's also serving as our official train counter. Tom, what is the official train count at this time? Well, you can explain it to everybody, but the official count for 24 hours to now is 17. 17 trains. So it's, it's two more than what I was counting because I've heard a few trains go by. That's great. We're starting to pick up. I was going to say normally this time we're in the the high 20s, if not approaching 30s, but uh, we're starting to get there. Any Any explanation is why we're starting to finally get some trains to show up? I don't have any idea, but we've had five since noon. That's great. All right, so the floodgates maybe are open, and we can get our count up. I was I was telling the listening audience our best year was the first year at 75 trains, and then last year was 48, and the average has been about low 50s, and uh, we got a long way to go to get to 50 trains, but uh, we'll take them however they come. So, Tom... What's going on with you and the Houston Railroad Museum? Well, the Houston Railroad Museum, as uh, you may know, is closed, and we're in the process of moving. We're going to become the Texas Railroading Heritage Museum at Tomball, Texas. That's about 35 miles north of Houston. The city has purchased land adjacent to the Burlington Rock Island Depot that they already own. It's part of their main park in historic downtown Tomball. And we will be uh, moving the cars within the next 24 months if everything works out like we planned. We're very happy that we were just uh, got notice from the IRS in the last few weeks that our 501c3 application has been approved. And the museum board of directors is proceeding with a number of initiatives now, including a new website, new logos, and uh, branding, as well as fundraising. Awesome. Uh, uh, Y'all moved some equipment already before, so what's this next move that's going to happen? The equipment's in storage. Yeah, the equipment's in storage near downtown Houston on the east side. It's a line owned by Union Pacific. Uh, and it's uh, leased out to a, a, a warehouse and logistics company right now. It's the last street running in Houston when they uh, uh, run up and down Commerce Street there. It's a very interesting operation. However, Union Pacific has told them that they are not going to renew the lease, and so oh. uh, not only will the operating company be moving out, but we'll also be moving the cars to another storage location, which we're currently negotiating with the property owner. But more exciting, to me at least, is that 
we've entered into an agreement with the Austin Steam Train Association, and they're going to use our Missouri-Kansas-Texas special chair car, New Braunfels, in their regular service starting later this year. And our mechanical team has been working very hard to get the car ready to move, along with another car that we're going to move up there to to, uh, work on in conjunction with Austin. And we just heard from Union Pacific yesterday that the cars are approved for the move to uh, McNeil for interchange to the Austin steam train. That is exciting. Wasn't the uh, uh, Texas special car restored recently by by you guys? uh, We have to technically call it a renovation because it's, it's not a historic restoration. But the exterior is painted in Texas special colors, and that was actually done so long ago that it's it's like an authentic Katy car now because it's kind of faded with with kind of a dirty. (laughs) But we are we are we are planning to repaint the exterior of the car in the near future. The interior was just recently completed. It's been uh, completely renovated, all new upholstery, all new uh, wall coverings, carpet. Uh, we're working on the, the plumbing right now so that we'll have operable restrooms. But it looks it looks very, very nice inside. The, uh, the mechanical team and volunteers that work on it did a really fine job. Tom, uh, on the inside, is it authentic to the way the car ran when it was on the Texas Special, or has it been altered in uh, any way? It, it's a renovation. The car was uh, – the Katie sold the car to Northern Pacific, and – uh, this was a divided chair car. We're not sure exactly when the partition was removed, but certainly when it went into service with Northern Pacific in the late 1960s. And then from there, the car went to Amtrak, and it it got the early Amtrak treatment with the, the purple and red and blue print uh, upholstery and carpet on the ceilings and the walls and everything. Uh, so that was the 1970s Amtrak style. And then Amtrak leased the car for commuter service in New York and uh, out of New York. And while it was in commuter service, there was some damage done, uh, particularly in the toilets where most of the porcelain was smashed. Uh, the upholstery was uh, absolutely ruined. And at that time, they were still allowing smoking on the train, too. So we gutted the interior. Uh, when Amtrak put carpet on the ceiling and walls, they had used a grinder to grind down the, the surface. It was originally boomerang formica, and mm-hmm. so none of that was salvageable. So we went in, and uh, in the main passenger compartment, which where it seats 64, because this was a short-haul short coach, uh, it's completely renovated with uh, wood, uh, you know, wood grain laminate uh, and uh, nice carpet, all new upholstery. Now, in the restrooms, we're trying to preserve the original interior items, including the uh, pink and gray boomerang formica that's on the ceiling. And we'll be able to point that out as having been in the entire car when it was new in 1955. So, so, all right, so that's a lot of information, and thank you for sharing that. So, but if we wrote in it today... Would we feel like we're on the Texas Special again? Well, we hope so because you would certainly be boarding a car that's clearly lettered for the Texas Special. You'll come in to air-conditioned comfort 
in the finest quality upholstery that money can buy, and uh, I, I think people will be have a pleasant, pleasant ride. Well, good. Well, that, that, that's the news I was looking for. So I need to share all my Katie friends. Let's go back and ride the Texas Special down at the Austin Steam Train. Compliments of the Gulf Coast chapter slash Houston Railroad Museum group. And uh, that's fantastic news, and thanks for sharing that. So, well, what else is happening with the, with, with the Houston group, or what else do you want to share with us? That's our, that's our major focus right now, and uh, we're – since we've discovered that we're going to have to move the cars again to a second storage location, that's going to be occupying the, the bulk of our time. We gotcha. will, All right, well, I got a new people, Go ahead. We've had several people ask if we're going to do a Big Texas train show. Uh, we do not expect to be doing a Big Texas train show, certainly not this year and probably not next year either. Okay. Um, all right, new question. Now, we talked about this a year ago. I want to know what the latest is on 982. What is going on with that locomotive and its its future and dis- current disposition? I am not officially involved with that group. I can tell you what my understanding is right now. The, uh, there, there was a group some years back that was looking at uh, cosmetic and potentially a running restoration of the locomotive and uh, which is an XPNNO steam engine, and they uh, they have reformed. It's called the Friends of 982. They are in negotiations with the city and uh, with a uh, a railroad property owner to secure some trackage to, uh, where they can move the locomotive or what's left of it, uh, so that it can uh, be at the very least cosmetically restored. And when I say what's left of it, it's because the previous custodians of the locomotive, for some reason, uh, traded the tender away. And so right now the locomotive has no tender. And the previous custodian did not apparently did not understand that the tender is an integral part of the locomotive because they, their response to questions were, well, all we did was give away the tank car. Right. So uh, clearly there was uh, lack of knowledge going on there. I understand Friends of 982 has located a tender that would be appropriate for dis- when the steam engine goes on display, and they're in the process of, of – they have a lot of irons in the fire right now trying to find a place to put the locomotive, negotiating with the city who owns the locomotive to become the new custodian and the like. But the bottom line is the locomotive was cosmetically restored. It's been cocooned. It's downtown Houston, and it's in the way, and the city needs it moved. So I expect it will be moving sometime relatively soon, but we don't know where. What a story. What, what an adventure with this locomotive in the last decade uh, to go from human, Herman Park downtown to be a, a, a showpiece icon for your ballpark down there only to have this these museum interests come along and then crack it in half, so to speak, like you said, give away the tender, which is needed to run it uh, uh, or to be with it. And uh, and then now uh, I guess this is good news, that there is a, a grassroots effort now to save what's left and put it, put, you know, reattach the rest of it somehow. 
and and then hopefully it'll be on display again for all to enjoy uh, when that yeah. happens. So uh, that is indeed good news, and uh, we wish them the the best of luck with with their operations. The city had approached the Gulf Coast chapter NRHS about uh, becoming custodians for the locomotive. We said that we could only do that if the locomotive could move with us to Tomball, and the city declined to allow that to happen. And so that's that why we're a, not involved. Okay, that is uh, a Skip, shame. It's time, to watch, it's time to watch some trains. There's one coming oh. by right now. Is the train pass interlocker? All right. So uh, what does that make the new count? What are we at, 18? That makes the new count 18. 18 trains at 24 hours a second. All right, trains keep coming. Well, uh, I don't know if we explained it for the listening audience. 982 was a Texas and New Orleans steam locomotive, which the parent company was Southern Pacific, and uh, it was a big freight hauler. And what, what's what's that locomotive? A two two ten four two ten two. Two eight two. Oh two eight two. I'm sorry. Uh, yep. Considered a, a a big big freight hauler for the Texas New Orleans, and uh, there's a sister locomotive uh, 975 up in Union, Illinois. For anybody up in that area who wants to go see what type of locomotive this is, and uh, pride and joy of the Texas uh, in New Orleans, which was headquartered down in Houston for the Southern Pacific Railway, and uh, uh, what what an interesting story for a steam locomotive, the way it's being shipped around, torn apart, rebuilt, and now hopefully saved again. So, um, well, Tom, any other exciting Houston news or going or, or Gulf Coast chapter news or anything going on? That's about it. We've got our plate full, but uh, not so full that some of us couldn't come up here and watch some trains. Right. Well, I, I really appreciate you and Howard, uh, Howard Laker, your your partner there, uh, coming up from the Houston crew. Are there any other Houston guys up here today? Brian Flint didn't make it. I don't know who else there might be. No, Brian didn't make it this year. Uh, I think the weather scared him off, uh, but that's just his loss. I understand. All right, well, listen, tell anybody else to call into the show. You got the number. Just tell them to call in. We'd love to hear what else is going on here at 24 Hours Saginaw. And uh, I'm going to go take a break. I'm going to let you go, Tom. Keep counting in trains. And you know what? Why don't you call in again in about 30 minutes and give us an update on the train count. Would you do that for us? I can probably handle that. All right. Thank you, Tom Marsh, from the Houston area and the Houston Railroad Museum. Or the, I'm sorry, what's the new name going to be? The the Texas Railroading Heritage Museum at Tomball. There you go. You got it. Can't wait to go. All right. Thanks. Thanks, Tom. You're welcome. Goodbye. Bye. All right. Great to hear from Tom Marsh. He's a ardent. A participant at 21st Saginaw. He attended the first one in uh, 2006, and he hasn't missed one yet. Comes all the way from Houston every year. Speaking of people attending the show, I haven't looked at the the manifest. I don't know what the latest count is. I need to go figure that out. And uh, but we get people that come to 21st Saginaw from all around the country. I met a gentleman yesterday from Portland, Oregon. He was in town uh, visiting some family. He heard about 21st Saginaw, and he came on over. So. So far that I'm aware of, our, our, our furthest participant from Portland, a few years ago we had a, a, a nice young couple from Sweden. And I went, you're from Sweden? They go, yes. And we heard about your event. And so they showed up. And 
other people have come from Cincinnati, Ohio, and the New York area, and but mostly we got people from this region. From we got a lot of guys from Oklahoma. We love our Okies down here, and uh, and um, Waco, Texas, and Houston, and East Texas, Shreveport, uh, West Texas, Abilene. They come from all around to watch trains here. And, 24 hours at Saginaw. So, look, you know what? I'm going to go take uh, 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 another break here. I'll come back, and I'll tell you more about 24 hours Saginaw. But in the meantime, feel free to call in. We don't have to talk about just this. We can talk about any rail information, news, or or topics that you want. The call-in number is 646-716-7106. Call in at 646-716-7106. Seven one zero six. Okay, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Um, go to break, and then we'll come back, and we'll talk to Bob Kennedy, and find out what's going on with Bob. Let's see. Did we? Did we run this one? Now here we go. Okay, we'll see y'all in two and two. Join us and help us make the American Passenger Rail Heritage Foundation better than ever. Your membership will help us further enhance our exhibits and attractions in north-central Missouri, including the Let's Talk Train Show. Our goal is to set up a museum dedicated to passenger rail history, including Amtrak, located in La Plata, Missouri. Memberships and contributions from friends like you will help us achieve this goal. For more information about the American Passenger Rail Heritage Foundation, membership, and opportunities available, visit our website, www.aprhf.org. Are you tired of having to click and click and click to watch train videos on the web? Well, why don't you do what I did and give your fingers a break? TheRailChannel.com has great shows every week. They show contemporary and vintage programs that focus on real railroading and model railroads. If it runs on rails, I'm sure you'll find it on the Rail Channel. The programs are updated every Monday, and best of all, you can sit and watch it in full screen with only one click. Head on over to therailchannel.com right now. That's all one word, therailchannel.com. Watch it. Operation Lifesaver presents a 60-second lesson in common sense. Deodorant is not a shower. It's wrong to feed a baby salsa. Don't wear a kilt on a windy day. Never ask a bride why she's wearing white. Don't keep mouthwash next to the antifreeze. Heave on hoe, not on heave. Don't sniff a green sausage. Close your mouth when you hang glide. Don't tap dance on the roof in an ice storm. Don't go swimming in leather pants. If you're in a parade, wave. Never eat a burrito before a road trip. Don't wear lace to a rodeo. One's a malt ball, one's a moth ball. Always walk with pie. Never practice nunchucks in a crowded room. Never leave a plant near the litter box. Don't buy sushi on sale. Flowers with thorns make lousy corsages. Don't put a knock-knock joke in a eulogy. Cherry chapstick doesn't taste as good as it smells. Always take your shirt off before you iron it. Do I look fat? The answer is no. And most importantly, never, ever, ever forget your common sense around railroad tracks. A train can come from any direction, on any track, at any time. A message from Operation Lifesaver. Visit commonsenseuseit.com. All right. We're back at 24 Hours of Saginaw. Your host, Skip Waters, here on Let's Talk Training this Saturday. And, uh, again, 24 Hours of Saginaw is a 24-hour rail watching event in Saginaw, Texas, which is north of Fort Worth. So uh, I love that Operation Lifesaver commercial. Really smart, really catchy. And uh, speaking of Operation Lifesaver, that's what we do here at 24 Hours of Saginaw in the event. The first thing that we do is we set the stage for safety 
since we are actually right next to live mainline tracks. And uh, we, the last thing we want is anybody to get hurt, injured, or uh, suffer a debilitating accident while we're here watching trains. And we promote a safe environment to watch trains here. And uh, we're our brother's keeper. We Everybody looks out for everybody to make sure they don't get too close to the track, especially if a, a new group shows up and doesn't know the rules. Uh, but back to Operation Lifesaver, um, we had a special presentation done by Ed Hobbs. He's an Amtrak engineer, and uh, he actually uh, runs the Texas Eagle. And uh, yesterday when he came off the Texas Eagle, he came right up to our event and put on a fantastic, very engaging Operation Lifesaver uh, presentation. In addition to that, we also had a special appearance from the BNSF Railway Police. And that was the first time we had a visit from them, and uh, we invited them to come because um, a little incident recently in this area, uh, not bad, but uh, about three weeks ago, some, uh, uh, I'll call them newbie rail fans or brave rail fans, had, were out here at Saginaw, and they uh, apparently got a little too close to the tracks, and one of the crews called them in, and BNSF Railway Police came out here to help help set the record straight on, look, guys, can't get too close to the tracks. So I thought it would be advantageous and opportunistic of us to have them come out and <clears throat> excuse me, and open up the event, and they did a great job. Uh, Officer Nick Cates told us exactly uh he welcomed everybody to the event and, uh, and encouraged everyone to uh, take photos of trains and and to pay attention. And, and just so you'll know, in case you don't, uh, at least the BNSF Railway consider a safe distance to be 50 feet from the ballast. Now that's not a hard answer. You, it could be it could be more. It could be less depending on uh, the conditions, the environment, the traffic, uh, the, the topography of the area. But as a rule of thumb, if you're at least 50 feet from the ballast, not just the rail, the ballast, you are considered to be at a safe distance from the tracks. So uh, hopefully you already know uh, railway tracks and railway property is private property. And to, to walk on the tracks and to be on railway property, you're officially trespassing. And um, that's a no-no. Now, you know, a lot of us do it. A lot of us uh, walk the tracks, and uh, we shouldn't. But uh, just so you'll know, uh, technically you shouldn't be on there, and you should always shoot from a public uh, public property, public space, or property you have permission to be on when out rail fanning and shooting trains. So. So Officer Nick Cates gave us a, a great opening and greeting and uh, reiterated that information. And then we had another guest, surprise, surprise, Agent uh, Patricia Hartman and her partner, Police K-9 Hydra. So we had a railway police dog here, and the name is Hydra, and Hydra's specialty was sniffing out explosives. And they actually put on a, a demonstration for us. So on the back side of this depot, we have a big, large platform. And uh, Officer Hartman set up some bogus bags and containers and things. And ahead of time, went ahead and put some um, uh, black powder, nothing actually explosive, just some powder in one of the, the deals. And then without 
uh, Hydra Noah brought the dog out and said, now this is what happens when they go out on the line to inspect a train or when they're called to inspect some railway property uh, for contraband, explosive material, things of that nature. Uh, the dog uh, has a, an acute smell and can pick up, I think she said, up to 10 or 11 cents. And uh, she let the dog go. And the dog started to walk around and inspect the different uh, items until it came to the bag with the powder. And boom, the dog stopped. The dog lay down. That was the signal that this, there's contraband here. And sure enough, she got the right bag. And uh, it's fascinating. And Officer Hartman also went on and gave us more explanation of the, the, the type of work she does. She, she's been with the dog for a couple years. The dog lives with her 24-7. They're together all the time uh, while on work and uh, off time. And um, they, they work a 500-mile radius out of the Fort Worth area or the Alliance area. And uh, they, they could be anywhere. And they're not always in the same place at the same time. Oh, I hear, I hear another train go by. We got another train passing Saginaw. Our train count's picking up. So if it was 18, that should be train number 19. So our count's going up. Well, that's good news. Speaking of the count going up, uh, the sun's out also. We've had a lot of rain here recently, and the sun's shining. And you know what? Uh, the chamber has put some American flags out along the street, so that's good too. We got American flags for Memorial Day weekend. And uh, anyway, so I promised you to go talk to Bob Kennedy. Let me go uh, see what's going on. Bob Kennedy is our our sign-in guy when you come to 24 Hours Saginaw, and he'll sign you on the roster. We'll we'll get your name and hopefully an email address so we can get back with you. And then you make a five dollar donation and you get a 24 Hours Saginaw pin. And this year is a green button. Uh, 2016. Oh, Bob's not here. There's Bob. Bob, I, I'm talking about you on the radio. I wanted to uh, to get a full report on what's what's going on here. Well, so uh, guys, this is Bob Kennedy. You're live on Let's Talk Trades. How's it going, Bob? It's going well. The uh, spigot seems to have opened, and we're seeing trains. Yeah, I just got a call from uh, Tom Marsh. He said we were at 18 trains, and that is number 19. So That's correct. It, it looks like the floodgates have opened. They have. If you're not here, you're missing trains. And we're here to watch trains, and we're seeing trains. And it's great. All right. It's great. So I'm telling the listening audience, you're our uh, official greeter and signing person. So what is the current number of people that have signed in to 25 Saginaw? All right. We have 73 people, uh, probably a little more than that since some people are signing in for two. Uh, it's going pretty good. Uh, we'd sure like to see more people here, but um, you know we've still got a couple hours to go. Right. Come on out and join us. We've got more than a couple hours. We're here till seven that's, o'clock. That's true. So it's uh, almost two o'clock now, Central, and another five hours of train watching and programs. Right? You got it. And we're here. All right. And cool. we're watching trains. So what time is it, uh, Bob? Um, I don't have my watch out. Just hang on a second. We'll find out. Bob, that's not the answer. The answer well, what is, is it's time to watch trains. <laughs> that's, that's the catch question here at 24 Hours Saginaw. When we ask you what time it is, the answer is always, it's time to watch trains. And I got pins right there. That's right. That's right. And the new button we have this year is, is it actually says it's time to watch trains. So if you are a good train watcher. That's right. So uh, I was telling him, you get a button, and uh, we have an additional 
it's time to walk trains button. So, um, so Bob, uh, you know, uh, we're inviting people to call in. If you're listening live, you can call in right now. The number is six four six seven one six seven one zero six, and uh, you can call in on and talk about let's talk trains. We can talk about anything you want. So look, it's one o'clock. I got to go to the top of the break. We're gonna have Paul join us here pretty soon. He's gonna call in and tell us what's going on in his rail fan world. Isn't that right, Paul? All right, Paul's gonna join us here in a little bit. Call in anytime, Paul. All right, guys, I gotta go. It's the top of the hour. I got a break for the top of the hour here. So we'll be right back. Let me figure this out. Here we go. Top, top. Here we go. Now arriving at the Let's Talk train show. All Let's talk trains. We're in Saginaw, Texas at 24 hours of Saginaw, the 2016 edition. It's our 11th annual train watching event. Stay tuned for more activity and fun coming up on Let's Talk Trains. Hey, we're back. All right, another hour of Let's Talk Trains. I know you can't stand it. You just want to listen, listen, listen. Well, we got another hour's worth. If you want to call in, again, the number is 646-716-7106. We're going to have Paul Powers call in here in a minute. He's going to tell us what's going on. And uh, while we're waiting for Paul, let's go take a, another break. We'll be right back. This is the Association of American Railroads Audio Service. And today we're reporting on the early days of America's railroads. When the first railroads began operating in the United States in 1830, the entire nation had a population of a little less than 13 million people. Most of them lived in communities or on farms huddled near the Atlantic coast or along navigable rivers that fed into it. Inland, there were great natural resources, good land for farming, forests enough to provide shelter for millions, mineral wealth beyond imagination. But those resources were largely untapped. In fact, the entire region west of the Mississippi River had a population less than that of today's Richmond, Virginia. The railroad would change all of that. As tracks were laid west from the Atlantic, new towns sprang up. Industry and commerce developed. Agricultural production increased. Mountains, rivers, distance, these were no longer insurmountable barriers to trade and travel. Railroads conquered them all and in the process helped transform the United States from an agrarian society into a mighty industrial giant that spanned an entire continent. For the Association of American Railroads, this is Tom White in Washington. Missouri, toll free, 888-814-3669. 
All right, that's the place to stay, La Plata. Y'all need to check that out. Well, that's a railroad-themed hotel and entertainment facility, and they got a train-watching platform. And I think the old Chris gives it a lookout point. And, uh, uh, man, what a fun place. You know, I actually haven't been there yet, but I hear about it, see about it all the time, and it's definitely one of my future bucket list destinations. I encourage you to, to go visit them. Hey, uh, again, we're here uh, live in Saginaw, Texas, for 24 Hours of Saginaw. Uh, rail watching event and if you'd like to learn more about our event uh online uh go to our facebook page www.facebook.com forward slash 24 hours at saginaw 24 h-o-u-r-s-a-t-s-a-g-i-n-a-w and uh, one of the things you'll be treated to is i i do a bunch of goofy videos uh to promote the event and uh Actually, scroll through the history. You can see previous years and previous photographs to get an idea of of what we do here at 24 Hours Saginaw. And I got about 10 or so promotional videos, and so far I've only managed to put up one or two uh, on-site videos, but I will have more posted uh, later today and into the days. I can't always get them done that quickly. So be sure to go to our Facebook page. Learn about our event. You can see our schedule of activities. You can read more about what's going on and keep up. So, look, I've got a caller. Let's call in. Let's see who's going to join us here. You're live on Let's Talk Trains. What's your name? Where are you from? Uh, Paul Powers in Carrollton, Texas. Paul, How I you just doing? told everybody you were going to call in. Paul Powers is going to join us. So, Paul, you're at 24 hours of yes. all. What's going on? Trains, of course. Absolutely. But it's not just out here. Uh, Amtrak kind of kept everything back, and uh, you know, lots came through. But I was watching some fallen flags inside CSX, not CSX, but what became CSX, B&O, CO, Jesse, Clinchfield. There's some other interesting things besides the live stuff out here. So when there's things not going on and you're not, not chatting with your buddies, it's awesome inside. <laughs> so you're talking about our programs, right? Yes, exactly. Yep, slideshows yeah. and things like that that kind of get overlooked while we're here. Yeah, you know, I haven't talked about that much. I was going to go into that a little later. So what shows have you seen and, and what do you like about it? Well, you just said one. What, what, who put on that show? What was that called? Um, the, um, I can't remember his name, sorry. It was just, Steve just recently. Was, um, it was yes, Steve exactly. That's him. Yes. Yeah. His program, he's a BNSF dispatcher. He's the one that told me a lot of the train uh, lack of train is the flooding down in Houston. His program was uh, 611. Here comes the Queen. Apparently, he went and saw uh, 611 recently, No Fork Western 611. And then he also said he yeah, had. Yeah, that's what uh, he opened this ship. Yeah, and then he said he had a Texoma Rails edition. What was that about? Do you know? And and it was just um, in and around here in the last few years. So it was kind of like, you know, uh, North Texas and, and really specific town to hear about. Um, you know, it, no criticism, but um, it seemed to be more UP than anything, which was cool. <laughs> right. But if you live in North Texas, yeah, it's kind of one of those things that you expect. Um, yeah. But, well, uh, we, yeah, well, it was we very got, interesting. We got three railroads around here, the KCS, the BNSF, and the UP. And then and there's some short lines. So, uh, But I guess maybe mm-hmm. that's what his latest catches have been, is UP train. There's a lot of them around here. So, uh, well, yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah we we got a lot of programs. In fact, on right now, after Steve Gradman, uh, 
did Charlie Beal show up for the 1 o'clock show, or he just started? Yeah, Charlie was here. Charlie's doing Saginaw, a recap, 207 to 2016, and then he's going to do a little bit of Colorado narrow gauge uh, if you happen to get back in there. And then later today, mm-hmm. Jerry Nunn, his rail photos in North Texas. A newcomer, Henry Frick, he's going to do – he worked for the railroad for over 40 years. He's going to do shots from his career, 1968 to 2008. Uh, and then we're going to have our great locomotive race trivia game. Are you going to come play that at uh, 4 o'clock? I'm thinking so. I, I'm looking forward to the rail spot gathering, actually, of all things. Uh, the, the 20th well, you know, anniversary that's, that's, rail spot gathering. Well, that's funny. I hope people pay attention to that because, to be honest with you, that was proposed, but nobody really came around to organize it. I went ahead and put it on the calendar, uh, the schedule, and I hope the rail spot types come in. I'm going to have cake. We're going to maybe sing happy birthday and, and maybe just go around the room and, and you know, uh, summarize or tell stories or, you know, how Rail Spot came about. And for those who don't know, Rail Spot started in 1996 as a uh, uh, chat room group. Currently, it's part of the Yahoo group deals where many, many groups are on. A lot of railroad groups are on the Yahoo groups. Uh, but Rail Spot has also expanded to Facebook, and we have a, uh, a Facebook uh Group two, and if you really want to stay in touch, which, which I find most personally beneficial, actually, more than yes. I can see the photos and things, it, it's much more right. interactive for the Facebook. Remember, right. I do technology, so technology is right. um, easy to use as good. Well, you know, everybody's moving to Facebook, but we still have a few old line, hard line guys that just will not go to Facebook. One of them is our good friend Steve Allen going. I keep telling him he needs to get uh-huh. on Facebook, but, you know, he, 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 he just won't do it for whatever reason. And he's missing out on what you just said, videos, photos, yeah, and the, 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 the with, with what's coming up with Yahoo itself, I'm wondering how long, you know, they're actually being looking at selling their core business, and there's a lot of changes coming to Yahoo in and of itself business-wise oh. in the industry. So yeah. I'm wondering how long it will actually continue. So, so our Yahoo group that's just a little retired some Yeah. Yeah, well, um, know, because uh, Yahoo we, say, shuts it down. Gotcha. Well, what, when, when RailSpot first started, it started, uh, there was a guy out of Shreveport, and he had his own, his own server, and it started with him, and then it moved over to another group. I think it was Group 1 or something. I may be a little wrong. We'll probably hear that. And then in the last, uh, say, 10, 15 years, it's been Yahoo Groups. And then the last five years, it's been mm-hmm. Facebook. And uh, we still post to the Yahoo Group, but um, Facebook seems to be the premier way of, of doing RailSpot. Now, RailSpot Actually, you, Yahoo, the, the email side, for me personally, the email side having, like, the um, announcement recently of the BNSS and their restructuring, that was only really I, I saw on Yahoo, and that was really cool stuff that you you right. get to hear things there that you don't necessarily get everywhere so it, it's it's well, still useful to me but i i'm wondering can yahoo still continue to operate that at a loss when they're trying to sell their business and the whole thing right right you know you, you you make an interesting point on the on the email side the yahoo groups you got a lot more railroad types and again the older hardline connected types that that's where they post their stuff so it's important to stay stay tuned into that but the exactly. the more photographic video 
types love the Facebook for the quick sharing and the quick posting because people love to post their photos. And Yahoo groups, mm-hmm. I don't know if we allow photos or not. I think we do, but uh, or at least links it, it, we allow. It, it, it's just laborious to actually do not see it. See, I the way I use Facebook is when I'm out rail fanning. It can actually be a good way, like HeritageUnit.com, promote that as well. You know where things right. are. You know, kind of. I'm out in the field. I've I've only got my phone there. I'm driving down the road. It's just me. You know, and I've got too much technology already, and I'm trying to find the trains. Right. Facebook, a lot of you right. go through. I can see what's going on, this kind of stuff. Uh, Yahoo, you have to sit in there and read it, right? In the in the on the bottom, there's photos, but they're hard to see and and they're not usable, you know, user friendly. So you know, right. they have their role. When I'm at home or I'm at work and I'm catching up on the going on. By the way, shout out to to Jimmy Barlow for the KCS stuff in in Plano and stuff like that. Where I, where I work, yeah. You know, that's yeah. been fun to actually see that information coming over the Yahoo email just kind of oh yeah right i got there oh there it is you know during lunch you know that kind of thing so um <laughs> so they have their good um good points but they 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 kind of fulfill different things as i use them so so i would highly recommend both of them and heritageunits.com because you can see where the engines are and things nearby and not just to look at the stuff on heritage units but actually post what you see <laughs> it's right. helpful so, to all, all of so, us you point out another thing that RailSpot does for people in this area. It gives them timely uh, information so they can act on it right away. And if a heritage unit's coming through town, or Amtrak's being detoured, or uh, or you know whatever the the news is, uh, you can usually catch on RailSpot. And and again, for the uninitiated, RailSpot basically covers a five or six state area. Uh, if I get it right, Texas, Louisiana, Arkansas, Oklahoma, and New Mexico. So that's five. And any any rail uh, news, you can usually catch it on RailSpot in that five-state area. Not so much New Mexico. We've got a few guys in New Mexico that post stuff, but mostly north and south Texas, uh, parts of Louisiana, Arkansas. We get a lot of Oklahoma information. Oklahoma. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then, you know, we, we hear some things outside those states that are coming to this area, but generally it's focuses on that five-state area. So, uh, again, that's RailSpot at YahooGroups.com if you want to join or, or jump on our Facebook page, and, and you will be plugged in. So so we're going to eat yes. cake and celebrate 20 years. started in 96, and, uh, and you know, that's where I might mainly – Primarily advertised 24 hours Saginaw. It's on RailSpot, and and mostly everybody here is from RailSpot, but there are a few others too. So, yep. so that's good news. And then uh, and then after that, Bradley Linda is going to do the Texas Rambler, and then our event ends at seven. And then maybe maybe if people show, we're going to have a post event uh, slideshow auction where we offer off old fashioned slides starting at a quarter bid, and uh, you can get you some. Good-looking slides for a few bits. Uh, that's an iffy. We the guy, the main guy that does it, I haven't heard from him, so we we may or may not do that. So, uh, Paul, what's your impression mm-hmm. of uh, of Twenty Four Hours Saginaw so far? You already gave us a little bit. You like the indoor programs? Anything else about Twenty Four Hours yes. that you enjoy? I, I am still acclimating to the North Texas um, um, humidity sometimes. So having the AC inside is kind of nice, <laughs> so I don't have to run my car. But um, right. <laughs> I, I, I am I am from a humid place, but a cold, humid place. So uh, 
you know, it's I, it's not it's not the the hot six of summer. I'm glad you held, hold this in May over Memorial Day weekend. Um, right. But uh, it's it's one of those things where it's kind of you know it's it, it's good weather out here. But um, aside from the weather, um, it was kind of dead there. Of course, you know, duh, Amtrak plugs up everything. That's kind of the thing that they're good at. Um, <laughs> but now yep. that they're actually unplugged, um, I, I've been actually been able to see like. Um, I didn't expect there, there was a train through here on the UP earlier that um, back when I was a kid, I would see SD40-2s and everybody thought, you know, everybody's thought this thought. I'm just now articulating it for everybody out there. But, um, hey, they're, you know, new paint or, you know, they're rebuilds in the 80s or something, right? You know, the last uh, unit order that UP did. Um, and you see them, oh, yeah, they're, they're, they look great. I've been surprised over the last year how many times I've actually seen old models from the 60s and early 70s actually looking pretty fancy and new. And I just saw three SD40-2s come through here in UP paint colors and their original, original, not the flag or anything like that. It's just coming through here as a solid set. I'm like, I never thought I'd ever see that again. And that's awesome to see. One even had the, the long nose hood, you know, the, the extra room restroom in the front, as opposed to the short snoot. Everybody who's a spotter knows what I'm talking about. But I just saw that and that was awesome. And um, earlier this year, over in Carrollton, where I live, I actually saw a rebuild. Um, it's for the short line, but it's an SD45, right? It's actually been, you know, new guts and stuff inside. But it, I'm like, wow, that looks awesome. Former SP, I'm a big SP fan from Oregon, not from Texas, but Texas is cool, the other end of the system. Um, that's kind of my route. But um, being able to see that and going like, wow, I never thought I'd ever see that looking so good. Um, and going back into service for another 40 years, probably. Who knows? So that's what I'm getting reminded here at, at, at Saginaw, 24 hours at Saginaw, is, you know, the railroads really do like to re rehabilitate their equipment. And they've already paid for it, and it's not that much more money. Let's keep it running. That's awesome. And, and it's good cool. to see that here and to see a generation that never saw them get to see them, and they don't even know what they are. <laughs> Cool. I, well, that's that's excellent insight, and I didn't know about that concept you talked about. I would have loved to see that too. It's uh, you don't <laughs> see those as much anymore. You know, they were in fifteen, twenty years ago. They were everywhere. You know, exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's fantastic. Well, great, uh, Paul. I really appreciate you calling in. I'm not trying so, to push you off. So but, an update. Uh, we'll, we'll, yeah, you know, update. We'll run with the thing. We, we, you know, there's some um, there's a high rail truck out here on the BNSF. If you want to come look for anybody who's actually here looking, and I'm not sure it's what they're what? doing, but they're inspecting the signal. A high rail truck. Oh, high rail! I want to go on see the, that. Yeah. On the BNSF Fort Worth stop right out here. I told I told Tom Marsh we need to count those high rails as a movement. Since we're hurting for trains, that's a train as far as I'm concerned. But uh, you know, I don't know if you'll count it. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah it's I, got the four wheels that are on steel. Yeah, that's right. It's rails, rails on rails, or wheels. I mean, steel on rails. It. It, it counts, and if it passes the interlocker, it counts. So, all right, <laughs> all right, Paul, I'm gonna let you go okay. and get back to watching some Thank trains you, and uh, the programs. And if you want to call in again, feel free. We got another 39 minutes left of the show, and. Uh, but I appreciate it. I appreciate you being here. Oh, no problem. And I appreciate, you know, you, you hosting all this and organizing it and arranging it with the chamber and bringing us here for the last 11 years. So, and I've only you're, you're, three welcome. or four, but, but I'm glad it, to be it, here every year. It's my pleasure. 
I, I, I love doing it because you get to see all my friends, you know. Okay, Paul. Exactly. We'll, we'll see you. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hi, Paul Powers. He's, he's from the Oregon area. He recently relocated here to Texas. He works in a high-tech field, as you heard. And that's Paul's rendition of 24-Hour Saginaw. He, he really likes it. That's fantastic. Um, so, guys, I'm going to actually walk around and talk to the people here at 24-Hour Saginaw, um, and we'll get some live perspective what's going on. Now, I'm going to be away from the um, call-in board, but if you want to call in, and I'll if I come back around, I'll, I'll put you on, but I'm going to be away from the studio here. But it's uh, the call-in number is 646-716-7106. If you want to get in on the show, we have a scant 38 minutes left for our program. And I'm going to go around and talk to people and get people's impression of 24 Hours of Sag and all. And uh, let's see, before I do that, what else I wanted to cover? Uh, Paul, let's talk about our programming. So what happens if – we're here to watch trains, but there are no trains coming by. And uh, the last part of 24-Hour Saginaw is we have a full 24-hour schedule of events. And starting at 7, I already told you, we open up for Operation Lifesaver. After that, rail photographer, famous rail photographer, Ken Fitzgerald, uh, put on a program at 8. Steve Allen going, showed a video of the Texas Pacific 610 in Texas. A lot of it was the American Freedom Train restoration and operation. Uh, uh, a young high schooler named Samuel Rockwell put on Hazlitt, uh, Maine, and then Steve Allen came back with another video uh, called The Dinkies, a farewell to BN commuter E-units, and it included a local E-unit uh, in Keller, Texas, and uh, we got to see it in actual commuter service. Our midnight show, the midnight special, was uh, another newcomer, Andrew Aguilera, he did 12 Hours at Temple, which is 12 Hours at Temple's down in Temple, Texas, which was held the weekend before 24 Hours of Saginaw, and, uh, or two weeks ago. And uh, it, it's kind of like 24 Hours of Saginaw, but just for 12 hours. And then after midnight, kind of slows down. Uh, we, we had our great locomotive race trivia game. If you don't know what that is, we actually have a board, a big board here in the boardroom. You can see some photos on our Facebook page. And we got six locomotives, ranging from the Daylight, the Hiawatha, Seaboard, Union Pacific, uh, Santa Fe, and uh, I might be missing one. And uh, you join a team, and and then we uh, put out trivia questions, and the team that uh, answers the question first correctly their locomotive moves down the track, and we have a, a drag race track set up. And at the beginning, they're at the roundhouse with their engine, and to win it, you got to reach the TMP uh, depot. And so last night, uh, Danny from the Fort Worth area, Mr. Brainiac of Railroad History and Trivia, he had the Hiawatha, and he jumped out, and he was first. He got to the TMP depot in, in record time. And we had door prizes for him and his team members. And then I think the second place winner was, oh, I can't remember. Uh, no, Rock Island. That's the one I missed. was the Rock Island team. And uh, they got some door prizes. And the third winner was uh, Seaboard uh, won. Anyway, so the great locomotive chase trivia game is a lot of fun. 
and the young ones really like it. Then we saw uh, Southern Pacific, 100 Years in Texas, the old 1950s video, real campy, really cute. Um, then I showed a Dallas Challenger video uh, back in 1995, over 20 years ago, the 3985 World's Largest Steve Locomotive Union Pacific ran an excursion in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. We had two trips, left uh, Dallas, uh, went over to Fort Worth, turned to Tower 55, which was fantastic, and then came back, and we did it again in the afternoon, and we, we made money for the AGC Railroad Museum. So I showed that video, and then uh, after that, uh, we showed a Texas six-pack, which had the various steam operating rail lines in the early 90s, uh, Austin Steam Train, the Transfer Train, Texas State Railroad, uh, uh, 4449 came through for the 84 Daylight, uh, Louisiana World's Fair, uh, and uh, a few others. And then uh, Mike Moore and the North Texas P-Track, which is a little in-scale uh, modular layout, but it's really tiny. Uh, I mean, you already know what in-scale is, but instead of your typical modular layout, these are like a, a 12 by 12 uh, module, real small, and they they call it a tabletop because all you need is an eight-foot or six-foot table, and uh, they put a modular layout on it. It's really, really cute. It's uh, really easy to participate. So they were here early in the morning. They, they display from 5 a.m. to 9 a.m., and then um, Ken Fitzgerald came back with his horn demonstration. When I say horn demonstration, I'm talking about locomotive horns. We're talking wah, wah, really loud stuff. And with the grain silos here in Saginaw, they, the, the sound bounces off the grain silos and echoes everywhere. And everybody loves the horn demonstration. And then Robert Galipsy, he's actual uh, surgeon. And he did a, he did a, uh, uh, a presentation called The Train Doctors, How Railway Surgeons Change Healthcare. Very, very interesting and unusual. Dave Steckler uh, did a piece on the Romney Hyphe Dime Church in England. I probably butchered those names. And uh, and then I'm, then I'm doing the Let's Talk Train Show, and we told you the rest of the schedule. So, hey, guys, we've got about uh, 30 minutes. Let me, uh, let me go to break. When we come back, I'm going to go outside and, and talk to some folks, and uh, we'll see what's going on. Now available, 3D Train Stuff's new Donner Pass route, the High Sierra Crossing for Microsoft Train Simulator. This new add-on features a 90-mile segment of Southern Pacific's scenic overland route, which runs over the High Sierra Mountains between Colfax, California, and Truckee, California. And it's set back in the 1950s at the height of the steam and diesel transition period. Yes, now you can step back in time and learn firsthand what it took to get a heavy fruit block train over the hill from the engineer's seat of a big AC cab forward mallet or pull helper service duty with one of SB's famous 280 consolidations. Or maybe you prefer running an express mail train on a very tight schedule with some SP Black Widow Funnets. Yes, it's a blast from the past. To learn more about this exciting new product, please visit our website at www.3dtrainstuff.com or call us at 1-760-728-1787. That's 760-728-1787. 3D Train Stuff. It's more than just trains. Trainparty.com, the one-stop shopping center for all things trains and parties for kids of all ages. Trainparty.com is a complete resource for the train-themed party supplies, favors, toys, and gifts. 
TrainParty.com has over 700 railroad-related party items to choose from. Themes such as Amtrak Train, Little Chuck Party, Whistle Stop Party, and many more make it simple to select a theme and get your party rolling down the rails. Items available include party wear, games, puzzles, balloons, piñatas, invitations, locomotive engineer costumes, hats, railway series children's books, train cake pans, cupcakes, etc. Don't forget now, trainparty.com on the web for any of your train-themed party needs from start to finish. It's the only place you need to go to get what you want and need. Check it out now, trainparty.com. Trainparty.com, that's where you get all your party stuff. You can get you some train whistles there if you want to blow train whistles. Hey, this is your host, Skip Waters, here live, Saginaw, Texas, in 24 hours in Saginaw. It's a train-watching event we host every year, Memorial Day weekend. And one more time, if you just joined us, uh, where we're at today, we our objective is to watch and record trains for a 24-hour period. I think the last count was officially reported 18, and we heard a train go by, so I think we're at 19 trains. A little low this year. Um, our goal is to spend 24 hours at the Saginaw Chamber of Commerce office here in Saginaw, which is also a train depot. And uh, it's at 301 South Saginaw Boulevard, if you ever come this way. We uh, start the event at 7 p.m. on a Friday. It ends at 7 p.m. today on a Saturday, and we'll record our trains. And so we invite you to come watch, talk, listen, photograph trains safely while sharing fellowship and education with like-minded rail fans and families. Also, help us promote the city of Saginaw as a nationally known hotspot to watch and record trains safely. It's reported up to 60 trains past the Saginaw Depot per day. Plenty to fill your train watching appetite. And at the early part of the show, I told you, actually, our average has been in the uh, uh, low 50s. Um, high 40s has actually been our reality, except for that first year, we recorded 75 trains. Additional activities include Operation Lifesaver rules on how to watch trains safely, a safe area to watch trains. We actually flag off 50 feet from the rail so you don't get too close. 24 hours of railroad presentation, videos, live programs. We play rail-themed games and trivia to help pass the time. We have an official train counter, which you heard from Tom earlier, and uh, door prizes, uh, food, fun, and more. Actually, we don't have food this year. We're going to have cake. We're going to have cake here later on, but uh, we have free water, and this is a free event, although we do ask for a $5 donation to help cover our insurance expenses and other related expenses, and and this is sponsored by the North Texas Chapter of the National Railway Historical Society, the Saginaw Chamber of Commerce, and ChuChuExpress.com. All right, guys, I, like I said, we're going to go walk around and talk to some people. We have about... Uh, 28 minutes left in our show. Let's go see what people are doing here at 24 hours at Saginaw. Let's go on out here and see what the latest signings is. All right, here's some folks. They're looking at their smartphones. I wonder what they're reading. So, uh, hey there. Let's go ahead and ask you. Ask you, Bob. Well, Bob, uh, back with Bob Kennedy here at the at the, the sign-in desk. Bob, uh, what's our latest count for 24 hours second All right, we just had we just had two people sign in. We're up to 79. 
79 official sign-ins. They, they they got their buttons, and they, they have attended uh, 24-hour Saginaw. We always have people outside that doesn't uh, attend Saginaw. So I'm here uh, talking to Amtrak engineer, Mr. Don Novak. Donna, I saw you in the cab at the Heartland Flyer uh, yesterday, and I could have sworn you were you were shaking your finger at us. What actually happened when you passed the depot? Uh, I was just amazed at the big crowd and all the smiles, uh, everybody that was here, uh, and it's such a fun event. Uh, it's amazing that uh, more people aren't here, but I know parking's at a premium, and I got the last ballet spot here. Uh, Jerry's been valeting cars here for the uh, corporation, and uh, uh, it only costs three bucks. It's the best valet uh, deal in town right now. <laughs> you know, only Don would pay to have his car brought up to the front, being an Amtrak engineer. Don, speaking of Amtrak, uh, how long have you been uh, 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 an engineer with Amtrak? 29 years. 29 years. You're quite the veteran. So I get veteran status next year. Okay. Oh, you do? Okay. <laughs> Very good. All right. Always the entertaining, Don. And, and Don's a big supporter of 25 Saginaw. He he always scoops up all the silent auction items. Nobody else gets a chance. I just, uh, I just bought a $2 Katie, uh, Katie cup uh, for 20 So you can tell I'm a benefactor for the corp- for the uh, NRHS. That's right. And all that goes to benefit our Heritage Grant Program for the North Texas chapter. Uh, I have to overspend here. One of the few places I overspend. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I didn't catch all that. I, I, I'm always happy to overspend here because it's for a good cause. There's a lot of nice guys that put a lot of work and uh, sweat equity in this, and uh, sometimes it doesn't uh, show up till the 24 hours of Saginaw. So it's here today. Today's the last day. Come on out, and uh, you got to wait till next year, almost 365 days to come back out. That's right. That's right. Don's got it. Hey, J- Jerry Nunn. Yes, sir. The radar is clear. I just checked for the weather. For the weather. The weather is good. The radar is clear. Nothing in the state of Texas except residual river flood warnings, and we're in high ground. That is fantastic news. All right. Another good friend of 24 Hours Saginaw. Go ahead and tell everybody who you are and where you're from because I want them to be impressed. My name is David Wiegand. I come from Albuquerque, New Mexico. Albuquerque, New Mexico. We had a guy from Portland, Oregon. and, and uh, come, come over here, uh, Dave. I, I know I'm being loud for the presentation in there. And uh, uh, But, but Dave, uh, how many times have you come from uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico, to, to 24 Hours Saginaw? This will be my fourth visit to 24 Hours at Saginaw. Fourth visit. You hear that, guys? You don't have to be from Texas to attend. You come from anywhere in the country. So, so Dave, what's your favorite part of 24 Hours Saginaw? I like to watch the trains go by out here at the uh, auto, at the uh, manual interlocking. The rail traffic is heavy. I have special memories because we are, of course, using the former Southern Pacific Station that was located in Cosse, Texas. We're in September of 1955. My grandfather held me on his shoulder so we could watch the last Southern Pacific southbound sunbeam blow by at high speed. You are kidding me. You saw the last one of the southbound sunbeams? Saw the last sun, southbound sunbeams sitting on my grandfather's shoulders. I need to touch you, Don, because that's my favorite train is the is the sunbeam. I can't believe it. I didn't know that, that you experienced that. Yes, sir. That is, that is fantastic. Well, we're going to have to talk more about that later. Uh, 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 what was I going to tell you? Oh, tell us a little bit more about yourself and your uh, railway career and past. I uh, retired three years ago from BNSF after a 41-year career with the Atchison, Topeka, and Santa Fe. 
Amtrak and the Burlington Northern Santa Fe Railroads. I retired as a locomotive engineer. I began working as a chair car attendant on the Super Chief and El Capitan, and I was one of the first white individuals that they hired to perform that kind of craft because for so many years that was a the railroad was very segregated, and that was a job reserved for your black employees. So you were a minority in that field. I was a minority in that field, but was well-received and treated well by my senior fellow employees. That's such an interesting twist uh, uh, to America and race relations and everything, and, and you're absolutely right. The, the uh, uh, Blacks were considered uh, more of a Servants of the hospitality side of railroading, yes, sir. And, uh, Pullman porters and waiters and cooks and chefs, and and then uh, for, for whatever reason, it's American history. Caucasians were the engineers and the conductors That's and the true. management types. When I first went to work for the railroad, that uh, that kind of racial division was still very much in place. But one of my uh, most prized possessions is my union card from the Brotherhood of Sleeping Car Porters, which was founded by civil rights leader uh, Philip Randolph. Really? I didn't know that either. See, Americana history just comes up everywhere. So, of course, that's not the way it is today. Today on Amtrak, it's, it's mixed all across the board, would you say? I, that, that's very true, and I like it better that way. Yeah, good. good. Everybody has an opportunity to succeed in the railroad, and the railroad right now is going through some difficult times, but I still think in, the, in a very short time it will once again resume its place as a growth industry and a good place to have a career. Good, good. Well, I'm glad to hear that, and I'm, I'm glad we don't muddle around in that race division. We have enough trouble just in the real world. So, exactly. so all right. So, uh, 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 what, what, what? So one of your favorite parts is watching the trains go by. Anything else about 24 Hours Saginaw that you, did you enjoy? We have some excellent media presentations by some of our uh, rail fans here in uh, North Texas in the Dallas Fort Worth area. A lot of history is relived. Uh, we see lots of old uh, videos and uh, slides, and uh, it's a good way to kind of look back to what things used to look like here in the Dallas Fort Worth area. You know. You're right. It's it's funny you should say that. We we have a lot of young rail fans here this time, and we're talking about stories that, like you just said, you lived through. I lived through. It's not old news to us, but they're like, what? That came through here? Tell me about that. It was in what paint scheme? Yeah, and that's very true. Of course, I, I my age was given away when a couple of times I've had younger employees ask me, uh, Mr. Wiegand, did you ever ride in a caboose? <laughs> Let Grandpa tell you about my adventures in the cupola. Right, right, right. And they've been gone since the 80s, so, so you know, you know you're, you're right. Yes, sir, we have a lot of young rail fans here that were not here when the, some of the pre-merger railroads that served, the other nine railroads that once served Fort Worth were here. They were not here when the uh, private railroads ran passenger trains. But the, you're right, you're right. Uh, some of the topics I saw, I mean, we saw uh, Quanah Acme Pacific last night. We saw Frisco uh, Power last night. Uh, uh, we, we saw a lot of Santa Fe. And then uh, I spoke about the 3985 UP excursion train. And they're looking at me like, what? When did that come through? I'm like, well, that was only, well, 20 years ago. That's right. You know, so, uh, so yeah, I guess this, this is history for some of these people that attend. That is very much history for some of these people that attend. And, I want to say that 41 years on the railroad went fast, and the seniority came upon me real fast. Uh, Mr. Wiegand, it's a pleasure to have you here at 24 Hours Saginaw. You're invited every year. We love having you back. And, uh, you know, we hope to come to your part of the country 
with the NRHS, maybe in 2017. What do you think of that? I think that's great. Come to New Mexico, the red chili and the green chili will attract you. It's the best Mexican food you're going to find anywhere. Well, I'll tell you what. If, if that becomes a reality, I'm going to be getting a hold of you so we can get some inside scoop of what to see and do in the Albuquerque-Santa Fe area. What do you say? That's all right. I look forward to seeing you all out there in the land of enchantment, and I also look forward to being back here in Saginaw a year from today. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Wiegand. All right, well, there you go. From Albuquerque to Mexico, they come from all around the 24-hour Saginaw. So I'm going to come outside because inside they have programs, and I'm too loud, and they're telling me to shh. So I have a young man here. We're out here on the watching platform, watching trains. Oh, there's that uh, high railer over there. So, you know, we count that as a train here at 24-hour Saginaw since we don't have many trains. So I don't know if that's train number 19 or train number 20. So so what's your name, where are you from, and what do you think of Saginaw? My name is Severin from Grapevine, and I think it's pretty good at Saginaw, watching trains. Watching trains. And is this your first time, or how many times have you been to 24-hour Saginaw? Uh, this is my actually my first time in here. First time. And and what do you think of this activity? Do you, do you, do you think this is cool or fun, or what's your interpretation? Uh, I really like it. I really like your um, event that you created us to watch trains and having fun all the time. Good, good, good. Well, we hope you come back again soon. You, you, now, you, we were on we were on live. Let's talk trains. Look over here. I got a father and son team over here, and we got a high tech media operation going on. Are we, are we live on Facebook? Yes, we are. And, and what's your name? What's your production? And for those that are listening, how can they tune into your program? Uh, it's Trinity Rail Productions, and if you search for that on YouTube, then it should uh, show up as live right now. Well, I need to. Well, when I get off this show, I'm going to post that. So, so if you're listening, you can you can see 24-hour Saginaw. I'm looking at his laptop. It's live. You can watch trains with us right now, probably as long as he gets internet connection. And that was Trinity Rail Productions. Go to YouTube.com, search Trinity Rail Productions, and we are live visually right now watching the trains here at Saginaw. Of course. There are no trains passing, but when the train passes, you'll get to see the trains go by and help us count the rest of the day or as long as this connection. And um, it's your father. What's your name? Paul Liptek. Paul Liptek. And, and, Paul, how did your son get into watching trains? Is it because of you? Well, he just kind of grew into it, had a small electric train set when he was uh, very young, and then just kind of grew, uh, grew from there. We had uh, – you know, continued to upgrade from just regular old uh, Tyco sets like what I had when I was a kid. Man, I love Tyco. <laughs> I still collect Tyco. Don't yeah, don't down our Tyco now. Oh, yeah. yeah, I still have them now. That's one of the only things that survived, you know, from my childhood is my trains and my Hot Wheels cars. Right, so, right, right, right. So, uh, so, yeah, he got interested in it, and, uh, and it's uh, just kind of stuck. It went from uh, model railroads to him loving the big railroads uh, to him wanting to have a YouTube channel and, giving pictures to uh, Rail Picture Archives. And so, yeah, he's doing great in all of those kinds of things. And, you know, he called you up on his own initiative and uh, and asked you if he could get an Internet connection to live stream here. So I'm just extremely proud of him. And we've this is, what, the third third year we've come? And so, uh, yeah, we just always have a great time out here. Right. That's fantastic. Your name's Matthew, right? Yeah, Matthew uh, gave me a call. And he said, Skip, it would be okay if we do a, a live broadcast i go okay shoot yeah let's do it you know so so we're doing it he got it together and uh he's got a really professional canon camera going here and what what is this thing right here 
That's the streaming cam. Oh, I didn't know. You're going to have to tell me more about that later. Okay, and then, and we are high-tech here, 24-hour Saginaw. Let me tell you, uh, live YouTube broadcast, 24-hour Saginaw. This is the first. It took 11 years to get a live broadcast going here, but this is our first. So, uh, Matthew, anything else you want to uh, share with us or anything you want to promote about your uh, production? Uh, just subscribe if you like the videos. Okay, very good. You heard from Matthew. Go to YouTube.com. Trinity Rail Productions, plug in, subscribe, follow Mr. Matthew here. We, we're glad to have you guys here. And, and one closing remark, I also got into trains thanks to my father, and I do all this because of my father. In fact, I'm getting a little clipped thinking about it. My dad has passed, but it's because of him that I have the love for trains, and, and I love father and son teams. That's, that's the best rail fan and hobby you can share. So, all right, thank you guys. It's a pleasure you all are here. All right, uh, Don Novak again. He's what? Get some water? Oh, no, wetting my whistle. All right. <laughs> now, Don, because you're a big donor, that's a dollar a bottle, by the way. Oh, okay. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Thank you, Don. Don Novak, he's always good for a good comment and a laugh. So, uh-oh, I see I see a, a legend over here, Mr. Ken Fitzgerald. Hey, Ken. Ken Fisher, we're live on Let's Talk Trains. Uh, how did the horn demonstration go earlier today? It went very well. Everybody loved it this morning. We had great echoes off the elevators with the uh, humidity. It all was, just went fine. You know, I was telling, let's step over here away from that uh, that uh, generator. and It's really windy. I don't know what it sounds like on the radio. But I was telling them earlier that your horn demonstration is a really popular event here with the green silos echoing off. It's just fantastic. So, Yes, I take it that worked out real well. It worked out excellent. We had plenty of response to all the people who were out here to see it, and we had quite a few volunteer to blow it themselves. Great. And how many horns did you get to uh, demonstrate? We did uh, eight horns. We did uh, a Hancock air whistle. We uh, did a Nathan M3, a Nathan M3H from Canada, Nathan M5, Leslie A200, and a uh, uh, Nathan M, sorry, Nathan M5, and then Leslie S5T. Sounds, sounds like we missed a show if you weren't here. That sounds fantastic. So uh, did uh, Mr. Uh, Brian Tyndall's horn get to work? That's why we're hooking the compressor back up right now. We're going to find out if it works or not. He's down to the final steps of putting it back together. All right, so we might hear another horn here shortly. All right, All right get down here, Tony Barron Saginaw. You hear some horn whistles go off. All right, Ken, anything else you want to share with the Let's Talk listening radio show? Just the 24 hours at Saginaw is great. Thanks to everybody for allowing us to, to do it here and putting it on, and uh, be sure to attend next year. All right. Thank you, Ken. Appreciate it. Yep. All right. That was Ken Fitzgerald. Now let's see. Millennia Force YouTube. Here's another YouTube channel, YouTube.com, Millennium Force. Oh, Millennium Force, you're so stupid. I don't know what that means. Who's in charge of Millennium Force? Come here, come here, come here. We're 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 live on Let's Talk Trains. I want to hear about Millennium Force. What's going on? First of all, what's your name and tell me about it. Uh, my name is Alan Smith and I'm from Florida. And you came all the way to 24 Hours of Saginaw? Yes, I did. But uh, it's on my tour around the country. It's my first stop. Excellent. We're really happy to have you here. We we were telling people we have somebody from Portland, Oregon, Albuquerque, and now you're the furthest guy from the East Coast to join 24 Hours Saginaw. Yeah, by Tampa, Florida. By Tampa. All right, that's great. Tell me about your YouTube channel. 
Well, I wasn't expecting to be have so many subscribers, but today I'm up to 58,000 subscribers, and I'm doing talk shows and TV shows, and I've got a lot of people who want to buy my videos. I do comedy, trains, and roller coasters. That's fantastic. You know, we have another YouTuber here, uh, Trinity Rail Productions. He's actually got a live channel going right now oh, okay. on YouTube. But uh, do you have anything you want to promote? Are you going to be taking videos while you're here? Yeah, I'm going to be taking videos until about 5 o'clock, and then I go to Six Flags over Texas and do uh, the theme park ones. That's great. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. All right, well, uh, it's Alan John Smith. Yeah. And tell me about the orange thing. It's a comedy that all the kids like. Uh, from Annoying Orange, we call this the Stupid Orange. And he likes to just go around seeing trains, and he criticizes us, everything we do, and we can't get rid of them. And we're introducing the pear and the apple in our next season. Okay. Well, uh, Miss Pear, what's your name? And <laughs> My name is Charlotte Grayson. I am Redneck Woman. Redneck Woman. The crazy woman. Redneck Woman. On YouTube. Yes. Okay. And, and then who's this? Lacey Diane Robbins. I also do Eddie Apple, and I also am Chuggy Mucky. On YouTube? Yes. And today you're the strawberry, or what is that? And, and Apple. You're the Apple. Yeah. And you're the dumb, dumb pear. Dumb, dumb pear. And you can find all these characters on YouTube, right? Yes, on, my on, on your channel, okay. On the Millennium Force channel. Millennium Force, okay. Yes. Well, Tyler here was promoting you yesterday. I didn't understand what he was talking about. Tyler, Tyler said, today Millennium Force will be here. And then, uh, yeah, that's all I heard. Uh, a lot of the stops on the way through the country, I got a lot of fans that are going to be meeting me in California, Chicago, New York. I'm visiting the whole country in 46 days. So, so Tyler, you knew he was coming, right? Yes, I announced it. On my channel, I announced the whole tour. I need to plug into you, too. You know, it's the first I've heard of it. I'm so glad I ran into you. Well, listen, this is Let's Talk Trains. Mm-hmm. If you want to hear the rebroadcast, the blog talk radio station. Uh, but basically, if you want to jump on Facebook Trains, you'll you'll find it, or blog talk radio slash Let's Talk Trains, and you can hear the rebroadcast. And, okay. And you're at the tail end. we got ten minutes left in the show. Anything you want to close out with us on? Uh, well, Texas is an unusual place, but it's fun to be here. First time ever for me, so. We're happy to have you in Texas. You come Thank back, you. okay? Thank you. All right. Uh, uh, oh, oh, well, let's see if he gets it. All right. Uh, Alan, uh, what time is it? It's Central Time. All right. See, so Alan's not tuned in. Hey, guys, what time is it? There you go, Alan. That's all right. Some people try to catch me off guard because I'm on Eastern Time and this is Central. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Our big deal is it's time to watch trains. Yeah. So when we say oh, it, right. comes through soon. I've been here an hour. I'm still waiting. Oh, you know, you know what? Uh, just to talk about that, this is embarrassing. We usually have up to 50 trains pass in 24 hours. Our first year was 75. This year we didn't get our first train till 10:30 last night. Our second train till after midnight. We're finally up to 19 trains, I think. Still, wow. still low count. That's because I'm here. Right. Well, <laughs> no, it's a still low count, but uh, we might hit 30 or so. We understand the reason is there's been floods down in the Houston area, oh, yeah. which has held up trains. Amtrak just came through, and that's why the last hour we had a good 10 trains because of Amtrak. They Amtrak had to clear clear the line, and yeah. now, now we got freight rolling through here. So, okay. all right. But hopefully you'll see a trade or two before you go. All right. Thank Thanks you. a lot. All right, who else wants to be on Let's Talk Trains? Subscribe to Garrett's Train Studios. Who are you? I'm Garrett from Garrett's Train Studios. Garrett's Train Studios, is that a YouTube channel? Yeah. Okay, tell, tell me about Garrett's Train Studio. What do you see on Garrett's Train Studio? Well, you'll 
today, well, right now I'm uploading mostly trains, but, like, I do Roblox, I do gameplay stuff. Music, Yeah, and I also make music as well. But, yeah, I do a lot of train stuff on there as well. Good, good. And, and you two were the guys that broke my train stick last night. Uh, <laughs> you're forgiven. You're forgiven. Y'all going to play the Locomotive Trace game again today? Probably. I don't know. Okay. We'll come back prepared. All right. All right, here. Uh, so... Oh, hello. Who are you? Where are you from? I'm Gail Serrano from Hazlitt, Texas. And and you're here on your own or with? No, with my son Douglas, who is a big train fan and a big Millennium Force fan. I, I, uh, Mr. Douglas, you're live on Let's Talk Trains. Well, what do you think of 25 Saginaw? Uh, I think it would be cool. Cool, cool. Yeah. You like it? And and you came here to see Millennium Force. You you follow Mr. Millennium Force here? Yes, I am. Yeah. He has quite a few fans here. We heard about him yesterday, and I'm happy that he we ran into him. So, uh, uh, do you post any videos? Sometimes, a little bit. Do you have a channel you want to promote? Yeah. No, he doesn't. Okay. Got it. Not yet. All right, Mom says not yet, but but you'll get up some soon. All right, good. All right, well, thanks for coming to the 24 Hours Saginaw. Yes, sir. Skip, you want me to put a horn back on for your radio program? Let's do that. Let's close out the show. We got we got a couple minutes. All right, Ken Fitzgerald, we're about to blow a horn. We're going to blow us a horn here in a minute. While he's getting that set up, I'm going to see who else is out here. So if you called into the show, guys, I'm not near the computer. We got about um, eight minutes left of the show. I may not be able to get back to you. I'll, I'll, we're going to blow this horn, and then we'll see what's going on. So we have some interesting characters here at 24 Hours Saginaw. Tampa, Florida, Oregon, uh, Portland, Oregon, and uh, hey, you're live on Let's Talk Trades here, 24 Saginaw. Anything you want to share? Who, who are you? Where are you from? Chris Ampley, Ardmore, Oklahoma. Great time. Hey, I was talking about my Okies. I love my Okies that come down to this event. So, is this your first time, or how many times have you been here? Uh, in this two years. Oh, so you've been here every year except two. So you're a veteran. Yeah. All right. Well, we really appreciate it. Did you bring any of your Oki friends with you? No, there's another one somewhere. He's hot. He's hiding out. All right. Well, thanks for being here this year. All right. There you go. They come. They come from all over the country. So 24-hour Saginaw, guys. The sun is out. It's great temperature. No trains. So let's go get the official train out before we close out the the show. We're gonna have a horn blow here in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> Here's some music. Yeah, a train to our ears. Hey, welcome to 24 Hours Saginaw. All right. So, I apologize if it's windy, guys. But uh, I'm up here. Tom Marsh. We got five minutes left in the show before we close out. What is the official train count? The official train count, not including that high rail that just came going back and forth here. But we're counting high rails, aren't we? Well, then that makes it that makes it 21 movements through the interlocking since 24 hours began. 21 movements. We finally broke the 20s. Man, we're almost even. We we need another 100 trains to come through here. Yeah, uh, we're not going to make our numbers this year, I'm afraid. Well, the low lowest number is 47. We're what? Not even halfway there. Nope. And you can tell right now it slowed down right around. Noon, things really picked up. We had a, a lot of action going on, but it's uh, slowed back down again. Oh, there's our horn! There's our horn! Oh, oh we're blowing horns! All right, uh, here, Jimmy Barlow, we're live on 
West Hawk Trains. I know you came for the big Rail Spot birthday party. Tell us about Rail Spot. Yes, about a minute. Yeah, Rail Spot is a Yahoo group that covers the state of Texas and all of the bordering states. Just rail fans telling what they've seen, where they've seen it. All right, well, uh, at 4 o'clock, we're going to cut the cake, and uh, you're going to be our spokesperson. At 4, if it moved up. I had to move it around. And, oh, they're blowing the horn. That's not a train. That's the horn demonstration. And um, are you going to give us an orientation of Rail Spot or help us with that? I'll tell you what little I know. Uh, it's 20 years old. That's about all I know to say. Well, that's a lot more than I know. All right, that's Jimmy Barlow. He's going to help us at 4 o'clock. Howard, what's the latest? What they said, Skip. Howard's always always a man of many words, many words. Where are you from? Cleburne, Texas, Skip. Right? And yeah, Jim Gibson, Cleburne, Texas. Jim Gibson, Cleburne. See, that's a regional boy he came up here. We got him from all over. So thank you, Jim. And this is not your first time. How many times have you been here? Uh, three or four because it was time to watch some trains. Oh, that's how we close the show out. It's time to watch some trains. All right, guys. I got to go kill the show. Oh, they're blowing horns. That's a loud one. How much time we got left? Uh, show closes here in a couple of minutes. All right, blowing horns, blowing horns. Hey guys, I got to go close the show here. Let's talk trains. Get a little horn happy. These are some young folks on that horn. The young folks get horn happy, don't they? Yeah. Look at all the Millennium Force is about to blow the horn. You fans of the Lady Four. Here we go. We're going to blow the horn. Oh, that is loud. That is loud. All right. Oh, God. That is too loud. That is loud. All right. I apologize if we blew your. Your speakers on that one. I had to get by them. So, uh, for Let's Talk Trains. Okay, guys. A couple minutes. Let's see if I got a caller or something inside. <clears throat> Bob, that horn was loud out there. Hey, can you hear it in here? Because I can hear it out there. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. Oh, I'm so sorry. Um, let's talk trains. We're wrapping it up. See if somebody tried to call. Nope, nobody tried to call. So, uh, we're at the end of the show, guys. Thanks for listening to Let's Talk Trains. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye from 24 Hours in Saginaw. Uh, let's talk trains next week. I'm not sure who's on board, but, uh, stay tuned. And uh, listen, let's talk trains. We'll see you. See you next week. Same bad time. Same bad channel. So long. From 24 hours to Saginaw in Saginaw, Texas. Bye-bye.